0: Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomie From the Depths Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson Chapter Three. The Eastheat in another room of the dilapidated factory, Commander Berwick and her enforcers had taken as their base of operations. Astrid was getting ready, having changed into a jumpsuit covered with holsters, straps, and pockets. She ran her fingers over a small plastic disc set just below the suit's neckline. It gave off a faint buzz of energy, and she pressed her palm onto it. In an instant, the jumpsuit was replaced by a ruffled evening gown, perfect for the 1800s. Hollow projection, came the voice of a man nearby. Astrid glanced across the room at him. A friendly face beneath a mop of auburn curls combed back across his head. He stepped forward and offered a hand to introduce himself. Enforcer Elwood. Astrid, she replied, taking his hand. He nodded down at her dress. That's just for starters come with me. Evening had fallen upon London. On a street just off Piccadilly, the Professor was standing before a grand-looking building, the Royal Institution. Its impressive façade of columns stretched high above her. She beheld them at once with a sense of wonder and sorrow. The building had housed breathtaking leaps in scientific understanding, but its fellows had shown a mocking derision at her theories of temporal physics. Turning to her own laboratory at her home in Atwell Street, the professor had foregone the institution and its dismissive stance on her researches. Beholding the building after all of her adventures, she pondered what would happen were she to step back inside. Perhaps some of the fellows she had known would still be there. Imagine, she thought, their reaction when she strolled in, looking no older than she had twenty-something years before. She grinned at the idea of landing her timeship in the middle of the lecture hall, what a stir she could create! Her smile fell as she recalled Commander Berwick's labeling of her as an unlicensed time traveller. She turned away from the institution and walked on. Further up the street, she found the Albemarle Club, a favored haunt of Oscar's, according to both the Enforcers and the book she had read centuries in the future. She crossed the threshold and nodded to the doorman as she passed him. A wiry man with a greasy moustache approached to block her way. But she quickly presented her membership document, forged, of course, and he backed away with a reverential bow. The Professor quickly left the entrance hall before anything more could be said, and made her way into one of the larger rooms leading from the reception. The club was just as she had imagined a blend of wood panelled walls and undisturbed bookcases. A well lit fire was blazing in the grate, and the smell of antiquity hung in the air. There were small clusters of men and women in the room some seated at tables playing cards, others sharing anecdotes and glasses of some assuredly expensive liqueur. Nodding her head politely to any who turned to look at her, she scanned the room and spotted Oscar, seated beside the fire and smoking a cigarette. More rotund than he had appeared on the cover of his biography, but his eyes no less ablaze, he was looking up towards the ceiling, following the winding trail of smoke he'd just exhaled. Once again the commander's words returned to the professor. "'this time the instruction she and Astrid had been given "'upon agreeing to help prevent the editor's plans. "'The girl stays with us and helps locate 6049. "'You find Oscar and guard him.' "'Taking a moment to regard the great man, "'the professor took a long, slow breath and crossed the room. "'Mr Wilde, she said with an assured tone, "'may I join you?' "'Oscar looked at her with an amused curiosity.' He took a drag of his cigarette and blew the smoke slowly out of his mouth. "'You may do as you please, good lady,' he replied in an affable tone. The professor had expected him to sound plummier, even somewhat regal, but his voice, though stately in tone, held great warmth. "'To the best of my understanding, the Albemarle is yet to set out which of its members may or may not converse with another.' There came a roar of laughter from across the room as an anecdote reached its punchline. Oscar's eyes flickered across to them. More's the pity where some are concerned. The Professor sat down in a chair opposite him and watched him stub out his cigarette in an ashtray. I don't believe I've seen you here before, he observed. I have been some time out of London, the Professor replied. Oscar fixed her with a kind but searching stare. Where, pray tell? Back at the factory, Elwood handed Astrid a heavy firearm. Blaster, he explained. I remember, Astrid replied with a judgmental look, recalling the identical weapons the enforcers had pulled on her and the professor. She dropped it into a holster on her jumpsuit as Elwood handed over more peculiar objects. Charge packs if you need them. Detachable telescopic sight, of course. He held up a metal disc. Air purifier. Any sign of a chemical attack, put this in your mouth and breathe as calmly as you can. He handed it over and then held up an oblong of glass, no larger than the palm of the hand. It was held within a tough frame of metal. Elwood pressed a thumb onto the glass and a pattern of blue lights appeared within it. Temporal anomaly detector. If this thing makes a sound, then you know he's close. Astrid took the device and turned it over in her hand. Right then, said Elwood, picking up a blaster for himself. Ready to go hunting? The sound of laughter once again filled the Albemarle Club, only this time it was Oscar's. He sat lounging in his chair with a glass of champagne in one hand, the other was raised to mask his mouth as he chuckled at the professor's latest tale. For two hours she had been recalling her many excursions across the world, expeditions to every continent and climate on the globe, a precursor to her travels in time. She told him of the people she had met and the magnificent sights she had witnessed of the dangers she had encountered and jokes she had shared. Oscar was enraptured. Oh, my dear Professor, allow me an interval to regain my breath. You are simply too delightful. The Professor beamed at his words of praise. To think if I had given my patronage to one of the less enlightened clubs in town, I should have foregone this enchanting encounter. He took a sip of his champagne, and the Professor glanced down at the floor, all too aware of the many establishments in nineteenth-century London that barred their doors to women. Oscar regarded her astutely. And what brings you back to London, after such an eventful tour of the world? The professor hesitated for a moment and then smiled. Well, I heard Mr Wilde's latest play was to debut shortly. I shouldn't want to miss it. Oscar waved away her compliments and groaned in mock disapproval. Behind every exquisite thing that existed, there is something tragic, he said with a hint of affectation. The professor recognized the words. She quickly added another detail to bed in her story. I have a financier to meet with to discuss another trip. Dear woman, you are insatiable, Oscar beamed. One must experience as much of life as one can whilst the opportunity presents itself, the professor reasoned one cannot live without feeding one's soul. It was a sentiment she held close to her heart, but one carefully recounted to win favour with the man before her. Here was a mind given to experiences and pleasures, a soul that could only flourish when nurtured with beautiful things, fine words, fine art, fine thoughts. Indeed, indeed, Oscar sighed. I must say, Professor, this evening has been quite the unexpected tonic for a feeble day. How so? the Professor inquired. Although the opportunity to meet Oscar had thrilled her, she still had a job to do. Oh, it's a paltry matter, he muttered. Tedious. Utterly tedious. I have a keen ear for triviality as Oscar, the Professor replied. A playful grin crossed Oscar's face. My shadows are of no interest to you, I'm sure, he said, before downing the last of his champagne and reaching for another cigarette. Shadows? the professor asked. Do I take it you've acquired more than one of late? Oscar seemed to purr with delight at her deduction. Here was a mind he could spar with, and a wit he could revel in. Outstanding, he said simply, his eyes fixed on hers. Well, if you really must know the sordid details, I have of late. He was interrupted by the sound of a door opening somewhere behind the professor. He looked up and smiled at the newcomer to the room. At last, he said with a hint of mischief. Come, I've the most wonderful woman for you to meet. Have you now, came the reply. The voice was younger, but carried a barb. Without looking around, the professor recalled a fair-haired man from Oscar's biography a man with a timeless, youthful face. It was the face of the man Oscar had loved, and in times to come would claim to loathe. It was the face of the man now looking at her, having perched on the arm of Oscar's chair whilst the older man ran a hand through his wavy hair. Professor Elizabeth Cronomier, meet Lord Alfred Douglas. My Bosie. The Chronicles of Professor Chronomie, From the Depths, an unbound theatre production written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson, with music by Kevin MacLeod.